You're tuning in to another episode of the Authentic Me podcast with your host, Mel Yu. If you are seeking growth, looking to vibrate at a higher frequency, open to hearing new perspectives and challenging your own thoughts, this is the podcast for you. My purpose is to guide and help you move that needle one thread closer to becoming your truest, most authentic self. Let's do this. And welcome back to another episode of The Authentic Me. I'm your host, Mal Yu, and outside of running my own businesses, being a friend, a sister, a coach, a podcaster, I am through and through, time and time again, the fabric of my very existence, a mental health and suicide prevention advocate. So between June 14th and June 20th, it is Men's Mental Health Week here in Australia. It is a week where we must take the time to pause, reflect, and recognize the importance of our men in the community and their mental health. In most countries around the world, and including Australia, men's mental health is generally poorer than that of the female's mental health. More males die earlier. More males have accidents. More males suffer from lifestyle health conditions. And more males take their own lives. Men don't seek professional help as much, have struggled through generations to really open up and talk to one another, and therefore more commonly suffer in silence. It's not only important to raise the awareness during the week that is Men's Mental Health Week, but absolutely critical we continue this conversation all year round, 365 days a year, seven days a week. So before I dive into my own personal journey and perhaps surprise many of you that are just stopping by on this podcast, I do want to mention Safe Talk and that if you or anyone you care for is in need of support, please reach out to Lifeline by phoning 13 11 14. It's a 24-hour crisis hotline or message a Lifeline crisis supporter on 0477 13 11 14. And that messaging service is available currently 6 p.m. to midnight every night. So that's 13 11 14 for the 24-hour hotline. And the messaging service is 0477 13 11 14. So blokes make up an average seven out of every nine suicides every single day here in Australia. The number of men who die by suicide in Australia every year is nearly double the national road toll. On average, one in eight men will experience depression and one in five men will experience anxiety at some stage of their lives. As we know, increasing mental health challenges such as untreated depression increases your risk of suicide. So this podcast is very important to me. It allows me the space and time to talk about the things I am most passionate about, the things I believe deserve your attention and to help someone else maybe listening to this overcome any pain or dark cloud that they are going through. So where do we begin? Let me take you back to the start. So my name is Melissa Yu. I'm 31 years old and I have a boutique event management company here in Melbourne called MCO Events. I'm one of five siblings from both my parents' remarriages, and for the better of 12 and a half years, I had a corgi named Doris. Doris plays a really significant role in my life, and um, she was 
you know, she was the pet that was my family, my best friend, and even my carer in a time in my life that I did not want to live. She came to the end of her life earlier this year. She was, you know, trusting that I was in a good place, which I am, but it hasn't always been this way. And I miss her every day. I like going out with friends for dinners, listening to podcasts whilst I'm at the gym and just having fun. I'm probably much like you. So has anyone ever had one of those big, massive years where everything just seemed to happen all at once? I know most of us has probably had that in the year 2020, but one of those big years where you look back and thought, wow, what a year. So even though, like I said, most years I look back and probably think this, but the year 2014 was really that for me. That was my big year. I was 23 years old and my partner of six years took his own life. I then experienced secondary homelessness, moving four times between homes. I changed career paths from being a psychologist to events and battled feelings of grief, loneliness and depression. Wait, keep listening. I'm fine, I promise. But growing up, I lived near the beach in a small suburb called Patterson Lakes. Um, It's just on the outskirts of the Mornington Peninsula. So if you watch Australian TV shows, think Home and Away, or if you're from America, the OC. (laughs) Growing up in a predominantly Western community meant that before I even knew it though, I was born to be different. My family back in the 90s were one of the only Asian families in the community. So simply being a woman of colour meant that I physically stood out in my school photos, in the classroom and in my friendship circles. I remember when friends asked me if I was mixed because I didn't look too Chinese, so I might have been potentially half something else, and I would just agree with them. I even pretended to my friends that I couldn't speak Cantonese and only English, which is so bizarre because now as my 31-year-old self, I'm so proud to be bilingual. I'm so proud of my heritage and to be able to speak fluent Cantonese. My parents divorced just before I started primary school. I was four years old. This meant that before I even really knew it, my family routine was different to others at school. When it was the weekend, the other kids at school would have parties and friends over, whilst my older brother and I went to visit my mum. And then when the weekdays came back around, it meant that we were back at dad's house. Mums, dads, mums, dads. As a little girl, I felt like maybe I was the cause of my parents' divorce that perhaps it was all my fault. Despite these circumstances, I was lucky enough to have had a great experience at primary school with great teachers and friends. I had fun. I went to high school at Mordialic College and I was bright amongst my peers. I was fiery, passionate and hungry for success. I was the performing arts captain in year 12. I studied hard for my VCE. And I got the Student Award of Social Butterfly voted by my peers for always being that friendly face in the senior common room. Life was good. I was just like anyone else. I went on to study psychology at Monash University in Clayton. And at 18, I fell head over heels for a boy. His name was Angus McIntosh. Angus McIntosh, born November 4th, 1990, to parents Mary and Neil, was a rock star of a child. Perhaps you know someone like him. The shy and reserved guy, yet adventurously curious about everything in life. 
the happily silent stranger amongst new crowds, but a ball of energy with a goofy smile that would light up the room amongst friends. The hot-headed mischief maker, combated with a huge heart and unparalleled compassion for others. 2009. I was 18 and fresh out of high school. He never graduated, had a mop of dark brown hair, big ear stretches and tattoos from neck to feet. I can say these were some of the most fun memories in my life. So I've told this part of my story so many times, but every time I feel like it's such a crucial part of getting to know the Gus and Mel story. I'll never forget the night I boarded the late night train and saw him sitting there. Shy, alone, and so good looking. It was the 10pm train from Caram Station into Spencer Street Station at the time. Now it's called Southern Cross Station. And I was with my two girlfriends, Emma and Chantelle. We had been pre-drinking our cruises on a tram. Only God can judge me, alright? <laughs> but being 18 and a little bit overconfident, I jumped on this carriage and it was empty except for the one boy sitting there with his head leaning against the train window. Naturally, I gravitated towards him and sat directly opposite this boy. As I curiously checked his phone sticker that he had out on his hip-top phone at the time, it read G-U-S. Hey, are you Gus? I said, and he nodded. I said, hey. Even though I was 18, I knew how to be smooth, you know. So... I asked him to open my cruiser bottle for me, and he gladly assisted. We both knew that bottle was a twist top. We took the entire train ride into the city and exchanged numbers at the Southern Cross station. That was the beginning of everything. Six years, we grew and we shared our journey into adulthood together. We moved out for the first time. We brought our first cars for the first time. We went overseas together for the first time. We made promises to each other for the first time. Gus supported me throughout my university studies and I would pack his lunch in the esky for his early morning labouring shifts. Gus was my rock star and I was his everything. Don't get me wrong, we had our challenges. Over the course of the six years, we took party drugs, got crazy drunk at parties and clubs, and ended up in friends' homes where, to be honest, I couldn't even remember their names if I tried. We went from these young 18-year-old kids terrorising the nightclubs to young adults working, saving with goals to build a future together. It wasn't easy. We both had troubled pasts that were catching up to our present. When people experiment in drug-taking or risk-taking behaviour, Pay attention to those underlying factors because often that behaviour is to compensate or to fill the empty void when sober. We did the best we could. There were times when Gus would also attempt suicide and we would end up in the ICU. But because the healthcare system let us down so many times, we were made to be these 20, 21-year-olds trying to carry out the world's problems on our shoulders but we thought we were just like anyone else and life was good. Until January, uh, January 2014, this boy took his own life. When Gus died, my life veered a new direction without my say. I had felt abandoned when my parents divorced and my mum left. I had felt out of my place with my Western circle of friends 
I had felt frustrated and like a failure when I didn't get high marks in university. But nothing prepared me for the downward spiral and loss of control from this. I lost the house, I lost the savings, I lost my certainty in the world. I was 23 when I organised my first funeral for my 23-year-old boyfriend. Yet this part of my story is paramount to the woman that I am today. Have you ever lost someone close to you? Maybe they didn't die, but they walked out of your life. How did you feel? Have you ever been to a funeral? Can you remember that day? What you were wearing, perhaps? Was it sunny or cold? How did you get there? Who were you standing next to? These moments in our life can really shape us to the person we become. I remember everything. In the years after Gus's death and to this day, I've discovered how important it is to speak up, to reach out for help and to reconnect. It is our responsibility as a community to talk about mental health and suicide. I know the more that I talk about it, the more love I am actually able to receive. From suicide, pain, loss and grief, I've become a lot more kind, a lot more compassionate, more thoughtful, with a new kind of appreciation for the concept of time, moments and memories. It's the little things that become the big things. I smile at strangers, I message friends and my mum randomly just to say I love you. I sit down and ask, are you okay to the homeless man on the street? I remind myself and others that in the darkest of times that it is okay to have fun. It is okay to not be okay too. Because I always thought suicide and mental health were things that happened to other people. Until it happened to me. There is always someone out there that is willing to listen. It might just take a while to get there. Taking care of our mental health, taking care of the men, women and children's mental health around us is an everyday action. You don't just work on your mental health and then put it to the side because the work is done, right? Ensuring you stay mentally well and in a safe place mentally, physically and spiritually is a day-by-day practice with heaps of discipline. I'm not going to tell you it's easy, guys, but I am telling you that the work is worth it. There is more to life, there is more happiness and chances of things getting better, but we can't experience or do those things if we choose suicide. The first time I sought professional health services was with a male psychologist a month after Gus's death. Something inside me I knew though, felt like I couldn't share everything, my deepest and darkest demons with this man. Then I felt like I just was disconnected. So then later I stopped attending my sessions. He was probably a great psychologist, just not for me and at that time. I found calmness and purpose through my friends and family, but also through my creative writing. I started journaling and documenting my thoughts, feelings and emotions, unfiltered and raw. This helped me to find peace and hope. In darkness, we rebuild. In tragedy, we refuel. And in death, we find life. 
It wasn't until recently, two years ago, getting into a new relationship that I realized I needed to go deeper with my mental health and seek professional help again. It was my partner at the time who pushed me to visit a woman's mental health GP. This GP challenged my previous beliefs in seeking help and really showed me how much she cared. I went into the clinic with this expectation of getting a mental health care plan, referral straight to a psychologist with no further follow-up, because that's what I had experienced up until then. But to my surprise, she insisted on fortnightly sessions back with her. This small gesture of wanting to see me again gave me hope. I was like, what? You want to see me again? You aren't just going to write me a letter and fuck me off to the next health professional? It's been two to three years of having a professional health team supporting me now. I have a GP, a psychologist, as well as strong peer support. I'm also in an intimate and safe relationship. I'm so grateful for those around me for allowing me to explore these depths that I have been holding on to for so long. I'm so grateful for myself for not giving up on me. So, my name is Melissa Yu. I'm 31 years old and now actively an advocate in the mental health and suicide prevention space. I was recently nominated for Young Australian of the Year in 2019. I did not win. I was not a finalist, but I was nominated. (laughs) And the Channel 7's Young Achievers Award for my work in this space. I've allowed my mess to become my message. Your pain has the power to become your purpose. I've learned that I don't need to move on from my past, from my story. Rather, I use my past to move forward into the unknown. I've done the work with my story to be here today and share this with you. You can start and reflect on your own story too. Nowadays, I sing in the shower, I dance while I'm cooking, I enjoy the beautiful life around me. And most of all, I always remember to have fun. So use this podcast episode, however you have found it, Treat it as your calling to do the deeper work. Use this time now to check in on the men and women in your life. Ask about their mental health. Ask people if they are okay. The more that we can normalize these conversations, demonstrate that it is okay to be completely vulnerable and have struggles, it might save someone's life, literally. I can't wind back the clock and I am not promised tomorrow. So to wrap this conversation up, I send you love. I hope your heart is full. And if it's not, I hope you keep the faith that better days are coming. And this period right here is a testament to your incredible resilience and strength. Seek help if you need it. Reach out to me if you need it. Best way to find me is on Instagram at MallyU, M-E-L-L-I-E-Y-U. I'm most active on there. But I also offer one-on-one and group coaching services to get you into your best self and a state of wellness. So to sign off, remember, you are not alone. We are in this together. Happy Men's Mental Health Week. This one is to commemorate all the ones that we have lost along the way, but have impacted us and remain in our lives forever. Rest in peace, Angus McIntosh. Thank you so much for joining us this week on The Authentic Me. 
If you found value in this episode, please smash that like button and share with someone who may also benefit from our content. Never miss an episode by subscribing to this podcast available on all audio streaming platforms. And make sure to let me know what you want to hear more of on this journey to your truest, highest, authentic self. See you next time. Bye.